Hi, everybody. It's Friday. Time to talk about what has happened this week in Houston. Today, I am joined by CityCast cultural contributor Olivia Flores Alvarez and by producer A.K. Al Moomin. It is Friday, December 9th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Hi, A.K. Hi, Olivia. Hi. 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 A.K., what do you think was the biggest story of the week? I do think that the story that's kind of taken over a lot of headlines, even national ones, is uh, Justin Verlander, our ace pitcher for the Astros, uh, signing a two-year deal with the Mets and officially ending his tenure with the Houston Astros. Uh, Justin Verlander lands as one of the greatest pitchers in Houston Astros history. Justin Verlander has won as two Cy Youngs with, with the Houston Astros. He has been an MVP with the Astros. He has won two World Series with the Astros. He was instrumental in their latest run for the World Series this past year. He leaves a giant hole. Does he really? I mean, I know that he's great, but that pitching staff goes so deep with the Astros now. I mean, he is a great pitcher. The astonishing mm -hmm. thing is that I think they can lose someone as great as Verlander and still be really strong on pitching. I think that that's very viable. We've talked before about the about the fact that the Astros are very good at scouting talent, nurturing talent, and that their farming system is sustainable and uh, one of the better ones in the major leagues. So I do think that it's not as big of a hit as other teams losing their ace pitcher. Uh, and we have stocked up on our basement. So, but it's still a big enough story when you lose your ace. Like, it's not our second string pitcher. It's not our second starters. It is losing essentially the number one option for us and replacing those is always difficult. I do wish Justin Verlander the best. Uh, he has been wonderful. Yeah. He's been lights out for us. Uh, and I hope his career can continue. He has, he's had longevity. He is almost 40 in February. So it is quite incredible what he has accomplished. So I think that has been the biggest story for most Houstonians uh, this week. Olivia, what do you think the biggest story is? For me, the biggest story this week is uh, Brittany Griner being free. Oh, that's mine. Well, we can share it because yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure we have different opinions on it. <laughs> I uh -huh. think that was a mistake. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. I, I bet you we could share this one. She's part of the LGBT community, as am I. Mm -hmm. She's a minority, as am I. She's a woman, as am I. So you would think that I would really be aligned with her interest and... I think this is where class comes in. Yeah. I come from East End of Magnolia, and we really believe if you did the crime, you do the time. And sister had some illegal items in her luggage while she was leaving Russia. Uh, but she's been over there before. She's gone through international uh, you know, airports and security before. She knows that things get looked at. So was that a mistake on her part? Well, it's a costly mistake. She should do some time for that. She knows better than to mess around with Russia. You don't do that kind of stuff in Korea. You don't do that stuff in China. You don't do that stuff right. in a bunch of places. And she's not naive to those regulations. Besides do the crime, do the time kind of mentality, I 
can't imagine that anybody thinks it's a fair trade. Oh my God, no. You know, to trade a basketball player for an arms dealer. The Merchant of Death, Victor Boot, is a bad, bad guy. Yeah, and so trading her for him, I'm glad she's coming home, but not really. Yeah. I just think she she skipped to the front of the line on this. There was supposedly so much pressure on Biden to get this done. I'm not sure where that pressure came from. I'm sure from, you know, Brittany's wife and other people who love her and care about her. But there were a lot of people who were on the fence about this in terms of saying, you know, yeah, we can't rescue someone who did something wrong. Right. And we certainly can't rescue someone who did something wrong for this level of a bad guy. So I'm against her being freed. Yeah. And I'm going to guess that you aren't. I have really mixed feelings about it. I mean, as a human being, I think, oh, my God, she has spent 10 hideous months in a Russian jail for having a vape cartridge of marijuana. I want her out now. That only seems fair. But yeah, as an American, I think it sets a horrible precedent. And this idea that, you know, we will trade hostages or prisoners puts Americans who travel to shakier countries in real jeopardy. And Houston has more than its share of people who are imprisoned or taken hostage, in part because right. of the energy business. It takes people into all sorts of places. And I worry about the precedent that's being set. Will more people be taken prisoner or be taken hostage? I absolutely agree with that. I think that uh, not only energy officials, which are always prime targets, it's almost routine for them, but now we're yeah. going to be looking at uh, international athletes. We're going to be looking at when they go to, you know, Olympics. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be looking at right. at people who aren't in a game that's uh, about politics. Politics doesn't usually come into the WNBA. And yet now I'm afraid that some of those women are going to have a target on their back. Yeah. Okay, what story do you think should have gotten more attention this week? Earlier this week, the suspect for the murder of Migos rapper Takeoff was arrested. He has been charged with murder. Patrick Xavier Clark, 33 years old. The When he was arrested, he was apparently attempting uh, to use an, a passport that he got expedited and some cash to run off to Mexico. They were asking for no bail for him, but he ended up having a $2 million bail bond, and he has recently requested um, 5000 dollars to essentially hire a private investigator to help in his defense case. Um, and that's about most of the development. But it seems like this was such a huge story when it had happened, the eulogies, every, everything. And it kind of put Houston as a city in a very awkward position, it kind of put us in a very negative light. Yeah. All right, y'all. The thing that I think we ought to be paying more attention to is Texas, $27 billion budget surplus. I mean, that is an enormous amount of money that's just sort of sloshing around right now in the state coffers. Uh, we have it because oil prices have been so high, because inflation means that more Texans have been spending more money. I think 
you know, nobody in state government wants to say this, but I think some of it is still because the federal pandemic money let us spend using other pots of money. And so what are we going to do with all of those billions? God knows Texas has a lot of things that it needs. What do you think? Yeah, I think certainly we need to look at at water infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Oh, all kinds of infrastructure, but yes. And yeah, you know, there was a, I was looking at some of the coverage about the, the you know, boil water notice. And there was a line in there about, uh, there's a county in Texas that has had multiple in East Texas that has had multiple boil water notices every month. Yeah, I read the same story. They uh, they have regular ones. They have re- you know they have had multiple ones every month of this last twelve months. That's unforgivable. If Greg Abbott wants to be a leader, he needs to be leading the charge on these kinds of things. So he says that he wants to use at least half of that money to make property tax cuts, but. That's a really bad idea. This is a one-time budget surplus. We can't count on having that kind of money every two years. And if he cuts property taxes, you know, that's permanent. And then suddenly we go from surpluses to deficits. deficits. Big deficits. Yeah. But like, you know, instead of setting us up for deficits, we could set ourselves up for a much better future. I really think the University of Houston needs an, a nice, fat state endowment like UT and Texas A&M have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, a public endowment would be great. You know, um, something that would cut education prices for young Texans would be really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. High-speed rail would be great. Yeah. Um, fixing the way that we do school funding oh my God, that needs to be done. Um, Some of that is about not putting enough money into our public schools. But anyway, I am just watching that because that's a huge amount of money. And oh my God, it affects the whole state's future. And you're absolutely right. We could be set up for a better future with this one-time kind of moment in history where we have this much money that we're not probably going to have again for a while. Um, We could be looking at a much better future. Instead, we're looking at TikTok orders. There is a positive, there is a one positive that uh, at least Greg Abbott is not considering uh, putting in or fuel, using this money to fuel more of his uh, border expedition. Yes, oh, he is. Okay. He's only doing half of yeah. it for property tax cuts. He's been moving money around to fund all kinds of nutty okay, stuff. Okay, never mind. I thought, I thought this was the one silver lining I could thing. see. Oh, no. No, he's uh-uh. taking he's <laughs> taking money from everywhere else, from prisons and everything else to, to, to fund that yeah. border wall. And uh, so, no. No, he didn't. Oh, and let's talk about prisons as a place that needs money. But, okay, mm-hmm. onward. Let's do something happier. Yeah. Okay. Moment of joy. What has made you happy in Houston this week? My moment of joy is that Houston is officially the ranked the best city in Texas. Uh, Residence does kind of this yearly, it's a consulting company for tourism that kind of recommends some of the best places in the world to go for tourists. And in their 2023 World's Best Cities report, they profiled 100 cities in it. Uh, Houston ranked 42. But this is the entire world with the 42nd best city in the entire world. That includes Milan. For visiting? Milan, to vacation Paris. in? 
yeah, to, for for everything. It's for education, for living, for diversity, for its population. So it is for for people who are considering moving somewhere mm-hmm. to live and also for people who are considering to just visit and experience a city that is different. We beat out Austin and Dallas, which are the only two other Texas cities that ended up on the list. Um, Austin is 43rd, so they're one notch under us. Under us. Yeah. And Dallas ended up at 47. So and San Antonio is not even on the list? It's not. Okay. San. Well, I'll chew on that. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. 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 This is our seventh year on the list, but yeah. this is our first year being ranked so much higher than other Texas cities, specifically Austin. This is the first year that Austin has dropped below us on the listing. So, you yeah. know, I can absolutely agree that we've got great food, we've got great arts and culture. Uh, we've got great medical tourism, but we've got lousy public transportation. We've got lousy traffic. Lousy public We've got lousy public mm-hmm. schools. We've got lousy, 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 lousy mm-hmm. stuff uh, in equal numbers. So, yeah, I, I'm surprised. Yeah. There's so much more improvement to be sure. And yes, uh, stop building more highways. One more lane is not going to fix the city. I promise you that. Give me more trains and buses. All right, Olivia, what about you? Uh, What's made you Always happy? makes me happy is Houston's art scene. It's looking great yeah. for next season, but specifically today, what's making me happy is the number of varied Christmas and seasonal uh, shows that are going on. The Nutcracker from the uh, Houston Ballet, we've got the Christmas mm-hmm. Carol from the Alley, and those are, of course, the war horses of the season. Always worth somebody's visit. The classics, the ones that you like dress the kids up in the foofy costumes to go see. <laughs> yes. But we've also got some other f- just really fun things. Yeah. The second show at the Alley this year is something called What a Christmas. And it's written by a gender fluid Texas playwright who uh, mm-hmm. set Scrooge in a, wa- in a Whataburger. <laughs> Such a good concept. <laughs> Such a good concept. A Christmas Carol at the drive-thru. I was reading about it. It's such a great concept. Christmas Carol is a drive-thru with a hothead Latina who's the Scrooge. Uh-huh. So oh. that's going to be fun. I'm actually going to go see that tonight. It opens tonight on Friday at yeah. the alley, and I'm going to go see that. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, the other show that's really fun is over at uh, Stages, the uh, Snow White Panto. And in this Snow White... Mm-hmm. It is the fairy tale, but in this Snow White, the problem between Snow White and the evil queen is not that who's, you know, who's more fair, who's more beautiful, but who has more social media uh, follow, who has a bigger social media following. <laughs> That's pretty and cool. so just fun stuff like that is really making me happy. You know, Stages is doing such good work. They just came mm-hmm. out of Plum Sugar. The ensemble has a sold out run of a Motown Christmas great music over there and great talent. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's just some, you know, there's some unusual things that are coming up for Christmas. Yes. People want to see Nutcracker. People want to see, you know, the Christmas Carol, but some of us really want to see something else that's offbeat. And And it's nice to have fresh choices. Yeah. Fresh choices. Stuff that I haven't seen a hundred times. You know, and I don't know how Christmas Carol and what a Christmas, how, how parallel those are going to run you know does she what does she do at the end does she like hand out free burgers uh 
We know it'll be happy, though. Whatever it is, it'll be happy. It'll be a happy ending. But yeah, just like the. But you don't know how you get there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they how we get there. How you know is little Tim gonna like what like come through on a scooter through the drive through? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, but I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Not tiny tiny Tim, but little Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So (laughs) let's see how this happens. But I'm I'm Uh just really excited for them and the creativity that's going into this and. yeah. And, and next season, I'm just really looking forward to, uh, you know, what happens after New Year's and we get back to the normal programming that I'm looking forward to a lot of shows after that. How about you? So for me, it was a news story this week um, and a news story of all things about, you know, a trademark infringement lawsuit. So here it is. The band Guns N' Roses, heavy metal Guns N' Roses is suing a Houston-area business called Texas Guns and Roses, which, wait for it, sells firearms and floral displays. Of course they do. Of course they do. It's Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Texas. Gotta put guns with everything. Right. The existence of that business kind of weirdly delights me. There's also this wonderful point that the lawsuit turns on. You know, Guns and Roses name... The N is a capital N and an apostrophe. Mm -hmm. Texas Guns and Roses spells out and, A-N-D, and it has Texas in front. And so, you know, does that and make a big difference? Does putting Texas in front of it make a big difference? Does anyone actually think that those heavy metal hair rockers are here selling pistols (laughs) and floral arrangements? I don't know. But somehow this seems ridiculous in so many different directions that so it was funny. the news story I needed to read. <laughs> I can't wait for the Netflix series about this. <laughs> yeah, I wonder whether Texas Guns N' Roses is doing a whole lot of holiday business because of the lawsuit. Yeah, You could send your loved one that AK that she's been looking at along with a dozen roses. <laughs> so there you are. That's That's my shop local Texas tip for y'all this week. That's really cute. All right, y'all, this has been very fun. It always is. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It has been. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Olivia. That was CityCast contributor Olivia Flores Alvarez and producer A.K. Almoman. That is all for our show this week. Our content director is Will Fulton. Our lead producer, Dina Kisba, is away on parental leave. Our producers are Carleon Jones and A.K. Almoman. Our roving producer this week has been Meg Dalton, and we've had help from mixer Selena C. Reynolds. Brooke Lewis edits the Hey Houston newsletter. Our theme music is by Farrell Gibbs and his band All the Kimonos. And I am your host, Lisa Gray. We will be back on Monday. Talk with you then. Practice. So much practice.